0: people, people, welcome back to the Arsenio Buck Show. You already know who it is. It's Arsenio reporting live. Yes, I am doing this live before I get on with my day. Oh my God, guys, it's time to introduce the aggressive mask. The aggressive mask for men. Masks of masculinity by Lewis Hose. Now, you know, I think we perpetuate, especially in American society, we perpetuate Men being very aggressive, you know, I mean let's look at it this way, okay, um, I wasn't necessarily brought up on boxing, um, but I was um I remember I was sleeping, and my dad was yelling because Mike Tyson had bitten off uh part of evander Holyfield's ear. That was the beginning of it all Now, I didn't know how serious boxing was, okay now again, this does relate to athlete mask too um. Until, you know, how big it was. I mean, if you look at the biggest fight I was ever part of. I remember I had my first ever haircut in years, right? And I was walking around like I was hot stuff. And my mother's friend, who she was dating at the time, Al. Alfred Bernard III. Love him to death. Um, we went to my best friend Andre's house. And they were putting on the fight, okay? This is called fight night. Saturday night in America craziness. Tito Trinidad of Puerto Rico. Versus Ricardo Mayorga from Nicaragua, and this was an insane fight because I think it was between the second and the fourth right of the fourth round. I'm sorry, the fourth right. Uh, Ricardo Mayorga he started taunting him, right? He was like dancing in the middle of the ring, and t- and you know Tito he just started like slugging his face, but Ricardo he was just he wasn't even phased by it, and I just remember that it, the the sound in the house that we were watching the fight on the big screen TV because big screens were famous back in 2004, it was deafening, I couldn't hear anything my friend was saying right next to me, it was insane, and of course, by the 8th, ninth, or 10th round, oh, it was a TKO, Tito Trinidad went on to win that fight, and you know what, man, I was just brought up on that, you know, fast forward into, of course, you know, a fight which I've mentioned on the blog, if you guys want to tune into that, the ArsenioBuckShow.com, um, Miguel Cotto, of course, he was another Puerto Rican, native Puerto Rican, I forgot from where, San Juan or something like that, and he was fighting uh, a fighter by the name of Antonio Margarito of Mexico, and it's really, uh, you know what, there was something that was happening during the fight that didn't make sense. I remember as the rounds went on, Miguel's face got worse and worse and worse, and it just looked like somebody was pounding him with some cinder blocks. I didn't know what was going on, and I remember after the fight they stopped it because his fight was—I so, mean, his face was so badly uh, beaten. Of course, that was in 2008. That was his first ever loss, and I was gutted. Uh, there were Mexicans, of course, at my home cheering it on, and my mom just looked completely just distraught. She she couldn't believe it, and my brother, of course, he is always in the middle. So I was like, "Man, I'm getting out of here," and I went back to my apartment with my best friend. And shockingly enough, going on to that next uh, 2009 in January. One of the trainers was found trying to put plaster into the gloves of Antonio Margarito before the Shane Mosley fight. And what this does, this is very, very infamous. Uh, I do believe that a lot of Mexicans have used this in the past. Uh, Just not putting out the, I'm not just not saying that Mexicans use this, but it's the truth. I mean, Julio Cesar Chavez Sr. against Meldrick Taylor. You guys probably don't know what I'm talking about, but again, how does a fighter end up urinating blood after the fight? has that ever been caught that that has never ever happened in the history um and the way his how badly bruised his face was i think another one was billy collins billy collins and alexis aguayo or was it somebody else i can i can't remember but um was it alexis aguayo somebody, somebody and it was called assault in the ring this was a very very and billy collins collins ended up committing suicide uh, because he couldn't fight anymore. He couldn't see out his eyes. It was just badly bruised because, again, Alexis Aguayo, the trainer, put plaster into the, into the gloves. And what plaster does is when basically when the fight goes on, it begins to harden inside the glove. So then by that 9th, 10th, and 11th round, you're basically hitting him with pounds of cement. And that's what Miguel Cotto was saying. He said, man, by the latter rounds, man, it, his punches felt like hell. And so they almost found it happening, of course, before that Shane Mosley fight. And Shane Mosley said, no, no, I want to fight him, and I'm going to try to kill him. And Shane Mosley, my brother, went to that fight at the Staples Center in, uh, I think, February of uh, 2009. And Shane Mosley beat the bricks off that man. And, of course, he got banned for a year for trying to do that. And he was a garbage fighter. He was always a garbage fighter, but the way he beat Miguel Cota that night, it just didn't make sense, and that was just six months before he tried killing another man, so that was attempted murder, that was assault, and what I'm trying to get of get out of is if we look at all these amazing boxers, okay, I'm talking about the Evander Holyfields, the Riddick Bow the Thomas Hearns, Hitman Hearns, people are literally shouting like in the, you know, in the midst of all the chaos in the ring and saying, hit him, hit him, right hook, left hook, right hook. And they are literally shouting for a man to be killed. Hold on, let me shut the door. Okay, because of course, you know, I had some, uh, you, you know, I had some tech. You know, I wouldn't say technical difficulties, but somebody complained because I was just too sexy on the microphone. <gasps> Anyways, we're literally shouting for a man to be killed. The aggressiveness, the aggressive nature. If you look at what has happened with Mike Tyson, why did Mike Tyson start fighting? Was he a street? All if you look at every last fighter in boxing, okay, in the history of boxing. We could look at the Mike Tysons, uh, the Riddick Bowe, the this, the that. A lot of them come from very nasty neighborhoods, okay? If you look at Marco Antonio Barrera and uh, Eric Morales, uh, Tijuana is a very, very, uh, very, very dangerous city in Mexico. Mexico City, of course, with the drug cartels running rampant out there and still doing the same thing today, I mean, they all come from a past where they had to use aggressiveness to overcome everything. So there was a a fighter. uh, Well, there is a fighter by the name of uh, Andy Kona, British cage fighter. He said this. He said, quote, the first fight I have ever had was like a release. Like I'm allowed to hit this lad, as they say, of course, in Britain, and it's making me feel better. See, I don't have a family. Me and my brother were put into foster homes. He was everything. He was my mom, my dad, my brother, and my sister. He was everyone, and then he killed himself. I've never, ever told anyone that. I don't like to show people weakness. I'm broken inside. I know I am. And Lewis Holes went on to say, he said, But still, there's something scary about taking years of childhood issues and pain and channeling it them outward at a total stranger for money and fame. And as of course Andy's story reveals, for the most part, the pain you inflict on other others never reduces the pain you are trying to escape from within yourself. So, I mean I mean look I mean, just look at it that way. If you really put that into perspective, that's a little bit scary. You know, Ray Lewis, of course, he one of the most you know, one of the most dominant, dominant linebackers. I've told you guys about this, of course, in the athletic mass so much. And I remember, you know, he would watch his mother get beaten by uh, his stepfather. And he, he would always say, Mom, how can we just don't leave? And she's like, man, honey, I ain't got I don't have any money. I don't have any money to leave. I got to take this. And he was like, man, the abuse that he had to see his mom go through. And there was one time that his stepfather even threw a snake at him on his lap. And Ray Lewis developed a speech impediment because he was so scared at that specific moment. He was trying to say something out loud, but he couldn't because the snake was on his lap. And so for the, you know, over the course of a couple years, you know, people used to make fun of him. Until he started watching videos and a lot of different things on, um, of course, TV, because back in the 90s, that's how it was. He would watch people speak and he's like, "Okay, I think I'm going to be able to do this because beforehand, of course, he was able to speak. But then, at the time of what happened, after that, of course, it being a very negative situation, he developed a speech impediment from that negative situation, and so he had to teach himself to uh, speak again. And so there was another story. You guys could look this up on YouTube. Tony Robbins he took away uh, a stutter from a young African American man. Um, you know, basically at. Ooh, this is probably about ten years ago or something like that. And he was like, "Hey, how long have you been stuttering for?" And the guy, he, of course, he was stuttering. So you guys could just put that in on YouTube. Uh, Tony Robbins uh, speeching. Uh, what is it? Uh, stutter takes away stutter. So Tony Robbins takes away stutter. Double T. Um, and he was able. He was able to um, take this stutter away from this individual because why? He went back to the moment that it actually happened. So he's like, I want you to think back. When did it begin? He's like, I was watching a TV show. He's like, what was the TV show? It was a cartoon. What was the cartoon? Well, it was, was, I forgot what the name was, but there was a specific character in the cartoon that would stutter. And the guy went on to say, you know what? While I was watching this cartoon, my, uh, my mother and my father got in a really, really big argument. It was really, really bad. And I don't know, Tony Robbins ended up having him do something and scream. He was like, uh, do you want to be, uh, I forgot what it was. It was like a little bit of a ritual. And apparently he took away the stutter. Now, of course, a lot of people, it was very controversial. They were like, this is impossible. This is a fake. This is a scam or whatnot. But no, none of us could really tell if it is or isn't because we didn't know that specific individual, beforehand and after. But I did see him speak on stage and his stutter on stage and his stuttering was gone. ceased to exist. It subsided after that specific moment so ray lewis had the same things happen to him there was one time he just couldn't take it anymore he ran to the garage and he took out a deck of cards of course one two three four five six seven eight nine ten jacks queens and kings are 11 aces are 21 and every card he threw out he would do a push-up and i don't know how you can multiply it i'm not going to multiply it or whatnot uh but let's just say he did probably over 400 push-ups probably more than that, 800, I do not know, I've never counted a deck of cards before in my life, but if you put that all together, he took out that anger in doing something, you know, worthwhile, you know, I mean, I guess you could say worthwhile, but he then went into the field of um, playing football, and he would just decimate and annihilate a lot, the some, the most fierce, ferocious, t- the tenacity he brought to the game, inspirational hunger, This man was a demon on the field. And you know what? He ended up saying, you know, he took, of course, he was in high school um, when he was in college, you know, at the University of Miami. His mother didn't have any any food in the house. He's like, mama, we ain't got no food. I'm gonna quit college. I'm gonna go to the NFL draft. I need to give you guys some food. So ultimately, that ended up up happening and whatnot, which is a very remarkable story. Um, But Ray Lewis was another... Of course, individual that went through absolute hell in the beginning stages of his life. And of course, a lot of people would say, well, he did use that constructively to a certain extent. Yes, I could agree. I can agree. But at the same time, was he able to ever get over that aggression? I believe so. I see it in his eyes. I see that he's happy. He has a wife. He has kids. Um, His father left him. And, you know, I remember one of the stories he was telling. He's like, you know what? Uh, I forgot, it was like Thanksgiving or Christmas, and he was telling his mom he was outside, and his mom was like, what are you doing, honey? He's like, daddy said he's going to come pick me up. She's like, daddy ain't coming. He said, what do you mean? Daddy said he's going to pick me up. He waited out there for hours and hours and hours until his mom went back out there and said, boy, come on in here. Your daddy's not going to show up. And his dad didn't come around, of course, until he achieved fame after that, and his dad went on a rant for about three to ten hours in terms of what has happened. And he's like, you know what? I'm never going to be able to look at you as a father figure, but as a friend, absolutely. And so he was able to make amends with his father. And that was a very, very, very beautiful story. I mean, having him go through the things, you know, being accused of double murder, being accused of so many different things, you know? I mean, boy, I mean, it's like it's like this. Young men, they don't have an outlet you know for their anxiety you know or you know the anger or other things that's happening you know the people who are being bullied you know what has happened in the Columbine massacre which uh you know I think it was what between 13 and 20 people were killed over 50 were injured of course in uh I forgot what part of it Col- it had to be Columbine High School in Colorado um and then of course you know the 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 what is it the Connecticut the Sandy Hook Elementary the massacre of what 36 kindergartners And this is all this all comes from oppression. And it doesn't matter what color they are. Of course, the majority of the people who do take out uh, anger by shooting and killing a lot of people. What just happened in my native Las Vegas? They're all Anglo. I don't understand. But the thing is, you don't see an African American uh, doing that. They use it constructively and towards doing it towards the sport. But if you look at the Jeffrey Dahmers and all the serial killers and everything that has happened in the past, what, 50 years it just, I don't know. I'm just looking at the trend, guys. Uh, don't get angry, you know. Uh, I can't name an African-American serial killer. Um, I can name, of course, some warlords out there in Africa, which is completely heinous. But I'm just saying, if you look at it, African-Americans, they take it, they use it in a more constructive manner. And I think Anglos, they're just never to get over that hump. They're never able, and, and you guys probably saw the video that uh, that made headway over the last month. There was a kid that was being bullied, and the mother, she video recorded it. And she's like, what did he do? He's like, oh, my nose. They, they keep saying I'm ugly, that this and that. Some horrible stories, man. And luckily, that kid didn't take his life. But there was another story, whereas, you know, this, this somebody sent him an SMS. And he's like, hey, everybody wants you to kill yourself. He's like, well, your wish is going to be great. I'm going to kill myself. Why do you hate me so much? I'm going to kill myself this afternoon. And the kid, of course, came back with an SMS and said, put up or shut up. And that kid ended up taking his life. See, I do believe a lot of this parenting. I'm telling you, man, I will teach my, my kid to kick ass. All right, because, you know, I was bullied to a certain extent. You guys would say, oh, no, don't let him kick. No, whip, whip their goddamn ass. Because but the thing is, I mean, if you could just say, hey, listen, I'm going to give you an ultimatum. We could do this one or two ways. Okay. If you continue to bully me, I'm going to have to whip your ass. I'm just going to have to whip your ass. That's That's all there is to it no honestly honestly like there are so many japanese students i think there are over oh my god i think 20 to thirty thousand suicides every year there and of course logan paul came under fire because he went to the suicide forest at the base of mount uh fuji or fiji is it fuji or fiji this restaurant called fuji or fiji here and it's the opposite i get all mixed up um yeah and there are so many kids that take their lives and why because man if my son comes home and says they keep picking on me i'm like hey man it's gonna be time to whip some ass so I would go, I would go approach him. Now, of course, I'm a, I'm gonna tell the teacher. Okay. So I'm gonna give a presentation. I'm gonna go up to the teacher. I'm gonna say, excuse me, you have done nothing. And see, I think teachers in America do suck a lot of ass. Excuse my language. Y'all suck ass. Because if I see one student picking on another student, I'm going to make the biggest mockery out of that student that's picking on them. And I'm going to say, bring your goddamn parents to the school because I'm going to rip their ass like no tomorrow. Because, man, they need to know. The, the teachers do nothing. I see it in the YouTube videos all the time. The teachers do nothing in America. If I see one kid picking on another kid, I am whipping ass. No, I'm not, I'm not going to whip ass, but I'm just saying, you know. It's a figure of speech. Um, but unfortunately, these teachers do nothing. So, of course, if I was being bullied, i go up to the front of the class and be like, I do understand that a couple of you students out here do not like me. All I want for you it's to respect me. They're going to laugh. They're going to say, yeah, fuck you. I'm like, this is your last notice. This is your final ultimatum. And then I'm going to just sit down. And if they do something, it's on. Now, of course, I mean, I don't want to do that, guys. I mean, but the thing is, it's either that or suicide. Because you're going to get bullied to a point of no return. And I don't know. i tell you one thing. my My children are never going to be bullied whatsoever. I mean, what was that movie with Jason Statham? There was a boy that was picking on the girl. She's like, listen, I don't want to hurt you. And he's like, you ain't going to do anything. He just kept pushing her, and she whipped his ass immediately because, of course, her father was a crazy – he was like a special ops type guy. You know what I mean? So, man, I don't know. But the thing is, this aggression, a lot of people keep it in, and you know what? If you're if your punk ass father, of course in America, has a gun at home. No offense to all of you that have guns out there, but I'm just completely against the right, the NFA, whatever you want to call it, because hey, it just who who the hell could buy 45 assault rifles and unload it on just a bunch of innocent people out there in Las Vegas? Just America's got one of the most sick problems on the face of the planet. Um, but guess what? If that child knows that you have a gun in your cabinet at home. He's going to get that gun. He's going to go to school and he's going to unleash a fury like this has happened so many times upon students. Some of them, some students are completely innocent, too. I mean, this is the issue. And I really do believe this. Uh, I mean, it does come from parents and I've seen those students. They try bullying me out here. And I'm like, you know what? Just by seeing the way you act, I bet you your parents are not even around. You know, if you look at their parents, they give me dirty looks because they're probably on the farm all day, all day long, and whatnot. Man, I've even ha- I've even taught man I've taught students who were so aggressive, so out of line, and they would beat their parents. That was four to five years ago at the technical college. Technical colleges are very, very notorious out here in Thailand. And you know what? They would beat their parents, beat them, and I'm like, what? And I taught some of those who would beat their parents. And I unleashed such an unfathomable amount of fury upon these students one afternoon. I was yelling at the top of my lungs. I put fear in their eyes like no tomorrow. They were terrified. And then a whole bunch of teachers came in and they started talking to them. And a lot of them looked visibly upset. They looked like they wanted to cry. I was like, you goddamn right. It's my time. If you guys don't want to learn, get your sorry asses up out of here. And, you know, from that point going forward, they were all right. (laughs) I mean, it sucked because it sucked for my voice and it sucked. I don't want to do that. But sometimes, man, you can only fight fire with fire, you know. And so when you have students who beat their parents, I'm going to look them square dead in the eye and say, I am the law. This is no goddamn democracy. This is a dictatorship. So, I mean i've seen i've I've been almost bullied by some of my students i've had them flip me off at the ages of four and five uh teachers don't do anything i've heard teachers talk behind my back and that's when i was working in government schools which i will not be going back to ever oh man and so yeah man i just i ain't got time for that so i mean if you look at aggression it really comes back to parenting But also the teachers play a major role because if you're a teacher and you see that happening within your classroom and you don't do anything, shame on you. Honestly, shame on you. Shame on you. Because that right there, students aren't able to channel any of that anger. And honestly, all these shootings that happen worldwide and stuff like that and people committing suicide, I solely believe That it all comes down to i'm gonna say yes 50 percent. the teacher i mean the the parent but do the teacher sees it i know they see it and me if i see bullies i see a group of five i'll tear their asses apart and i'll i'll rip them so i'll put so much fear into them to the point where they go up to that child and they say you know what i'm sorry we're gonna be friends that happened to me you know what i mean so guys that's the introduction um Again, I wrote on my blog that I talked the blog that I talked about um, uh, stories of you know a, a guy named R. Reese. He didn't really pick on me, but he was like the star of the school. There was a kid named P. Allen who ended up playing for uh, Creighton University. I don't know if he ever went to the league, but I remember he pushed me and I fell down. And I cried <laughs> in fourth grade. Um, yeah, you know, and he wasn't necessarily a bully, but he was like, oh, I'm the top one in the school. And now he's just like a, a, a who knows where he is. Same with Ari. Same with Terrence. So sad. So sad. Uh, Marcos was another one. He thought he was hot stuff. He bought all these 50 to 100 dollars pairs of shoes and and pants and so many things. He's probably selling drugs. And after high school, he ended up working at, you know, the Adventure Dome, a circus circus. And I remember I was like, hey, Marcos, what's going on? And he was like looking at me like I was nothing. And then a couple years later, he's like, hey, man, he's on Instagram. He's like, hey, man, I haven't talked to you in a while. I was like, yeah, whatever. Uh, I mean, I talked to him and stuff like that. But it, it was just funny because those people who thought they were so hot back then, they and everything just changes you know, going forward. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. But, yeah, it, it is what it is. Of course, he's making music, uh, whatever. But that was about, oh, my God, that was about nine years ago. So I don't know what's he uh, what's he doing now. But anyways, guys, this is the beginning. We're going to get into the details of it tomorrow, hopefully. Um, I will not be working out in the morning. Man, I woke up super late today, man. I woke up at 4.30, and I was like, I can't go to sleep. I did a meditation, had crazy-ass dreams for about an hour, seeing some students I haven't seen in a while. And, oh, my God, it was like a week. Oh, my God, that dream is crazy. Anyways, I won't even talk about that. But, guys, stay tuned for the next one, The Aggressive Mask. Uh, but I do have a podcast coming out tonight. I think it is romantic (laughs) relationships. It's a funny one. It's a funny one. But uh, guys, stay tuned for it all, man. We got a lot of things coming. So thanks so much for your support. And until then, have a wonderful morning, afternoon, and evening. Another long podcast for you to listen to. This is your host Arsenio. Over and out.